Welcome to Recess Duty, a podcast for educators to come together to share struggles, but also celebrate successes by sharing stories and ideas in a safe and supportive environment to collaborate with one another. Here's your host, Levi Allison. Hey everyone, this is Recess Duty with your host, Levi Allison. And today we're talking with Ali Ezzedine, who is a trainer, consultant, and children's author. We'll be discussing their journey and experiences education. Thank you so much for joining us, Ali. How are you doing today? I'm very good. Hi, Livy. And I'm very excited to be with you today. Me too. And again, uh, a friend of ours said, you have to speak to Ali. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have to do that. Because when I first started in IB eight, seven years ago, you were one of the first workshops I ever attended in Kuwait. I just think this is so cool to finally get to connect in a very professional setting one-on-one. You see, it's I always say that the IB is a small word, and then you always meet the people that you trained the first time or you visited their school or even they trained you. So yeah, it's a beautiful opportunity today. I agreed. It is a very small world. And because of Twitter and Facebook, uh, I have made some amazing friends, as I'm sure you have as well. So Ali, for our listeners at home, can you give us a little bit of your background and where you're from and what you do? So I am from Lebanon, uh, currently based in Dubai, the UAE. I used to be a French teacher uh, 20 years ago. And I taught uh, PYP grade uh, two, grade three, grade four. So I taught French math in French, science in French. And then when I moved from the teaching position to the PYP coordinator, uh, I had that chance to explore more countries and to have different experiences, let's say international experiences. So I worked in Dubai as a PYP coordinator. And so my step to the Gulf uh, opened for me plenty of doors. And currently I'm just a freelancer. So I support educators all over the world. Uh, I run free webinars, free sessions, professional development, uh, online or face-to-face. And one passion is I write picture books for kids in French, in English and Arabic. And so this is a, a way Uh, where I can stay in touch with the kids. I visit classes, I read aloud, and then we run some reading and writing workshops with the students. Wow, Ali, that is massively incredible. And you must be really, really busy. How do you how do you stay balanced and relaxed with all those amazing endeavors you have? So we're talking about the recess time. And so I try always to have a, a, a break. Uh, but then the beauty of it, when you are a freelancer, you decide on when you are going to take your breaks. Uh, so usually during the week, uh, and you know, like as, as workshop leaders, we give a lot of our workshops during the weekend. So mm-hmm. teachers, they are off. And then we can train them. And I try to make sure that I have a day off during the week. If I have a kind of an intensive week, uh, I always create some moments during the year where I disconnect from social media, email, uh, phone calls, uh, just to recharge and then to refine the internal balance. I'm a person who likes this intense uh, moment of break and then intense moment of work. Yes, I completely understand and relate to that. Uh, When I had to do quarantine, I found I was terrified of having to do quarantine coming in from the summer. And I realized, actually, it was probably one of the first times in my whole life where I was forced to relax. And it was absolutely amazing. I absolutely enjoyed it. (laughs) So, Ali, can you tell us more about these children's books that you make for picture books and the languages and why you do them in so many languages? Yeah. So, as I said, uh, when I used to be a a child or let's not say a child, adolescent, I started writing and I kept a journal. 
And uh, I won in one of the writing competition at the school in grade nine. And then when I moved to the university, I also uh, kept some uh, ideas in my journal. And at that time, I was writing in French. Um, then when I moved to Dubai in 2010 and I started running like uh, official IB workshops in Arabic for Arabic teachers, they were telling me, Ali, we don't have uh, enough resources. Uh, so I went back to my writings and then I started finding like some ideas that they can be transferred in picture books. Uh, so I published in Arabic my first three picture books. And then people started telling me, Ali, the ideas are very great or the illustrations are very great. Can you also publish in English and French? So we can use them in our units of inquiry and then in our reading aloud. That's how it started. So uh, I have now approximately 10 picture books published. Uh, half of them are multilingual. And uh, I try to do one book per year uh, because um, it's like... It's a non-profit activity, so I usually contact the illustrator. I work on the design with the illustrator. And then the 10 books were illustrated by seven different illustrators from the UK, from the US, from Lebanon, from Greece, from uh, many different countries. And so if you look at these books, you're going to find that they are very diverse regarding the illustration and even regarding the content. But you can say, ah, this is Ali, because it's very simple. It's very universal. It's very open-ended. So all my mm -hmm. writings are, are, are provokes the thinking of yeah. the student and allows for, for creativity. So I kept it as a passion project. And then from these picture books, I can run now uh, official workshops regarding creative writing. And I encourage teacher and student to write without fear. And I always say, like, now these days, we can find our spelling mistakes very easily because of Absolutely. all the software and the uh, artificial intelligence. But to be creative, uh, you can also learn it. And so instead of spending like five sessions during the week learning spelling and doing spelling tests and getting zero all the time, because this is what was happening with me in grade nine. You can promote creativity in the classroom as a teacher. And then once they are creative, I'm sure they will find someone who can do the editing of the text or even they will find someone to check and to proofreading. You see, and I always say that there is a job uh, in life, which is proofreading. So if I'm not good in the spelling and I have the idea, I'm sure that there is someone on this planet who can check all my writing and then check all my spelling mistakes. Absolutely. I always say that there's always somebody out there that uh, can do something better than you. So let's utilize all those resources out there. Right. So right. Ali, being a trainer and consultant and a children's author, you must come across with people who are afraid of trying and are afraid of being creative. How do you reach those learners to help them be okay with creating and making mistakes? Yes. It's a very interesting question, Levi. I always say that uh, you need to model it. And so when I model it in front of them uh, in these reading and writing workshops for the teacher and mm -hmm. for the student, I and when you when you are passionate and you spread your passion, you're going to notice that uh, it's contagious. And mm -hmm. so when you tell them that by making mistakes, you learn and you improve, and there is nothing perfect. It's like when I did the first book and then I was not happy with the final product, but then I said, okay, I will improve the second one. And then I was not happy with something and then I will improve the third one. And so you, you start with this kind of a journey 
that I can always do better once I listen to feedback, once I meet with other people. And uh, I always share my writing before it goes to publishing with some very close friends. And these days also, I can read these stories to my daughter. I have a six years old daughter. Aww. And so we enjoy uh, reading books and we spend a lot of time reading. And, and then from here, you show her that you can also do the same thing by asking the, them open-ended question and then what you can do if you change this, if you add that. And that's how it starts. It's by modeling it. Absolutely. And what a great example of leading by example of leading an inquiry learning, leading of exploring something, trying something, getting feedback, making reflections and editing along the way. So has this process changed for you over the course of your 10 books, over the course of your training and consulting? Uh, Yeah, I always get this question from students, Ali, how much does it take you to write a picture book or where do you get your inspiration? And then I said, like, I get inspiration from the real life, from meeting people, from traveling. Mm -hmm. And the book, the idea of the book, it's just a five minute. I can write a book in five minutes, but then it's the process of illustrating it and then deciding on the design and then reaching the publishing house that takes time. But any simple event in a shopping mall or in the airport or during a training can be a source of inspiration for me. And this is, again, the whole idea of the connections that we make with others because we learn from others. And I can build on your ideas. You can build on my ideas. And let's say that the more experienced I became with the IB and the understanding of the PYP program, the more uh, my my picture books became universal and conceptual. I try also to reflect this understanding in my picture books. I remember one of my books, it was about a small village in Lebanon where uh, we have mine. And then when people, they go out to play, they might lose their life because of the explosion of the mine. Mm-hmm. And so I said, but this is not only in Lebanon. On this planet, wherever we have a, a war and then people are in conflict, they are going to put the mine and then people are going to lose part of their bodies or they are going to lose part of or they are going to lose their lives. So it's a very sad story. So I decided to remove Lebanon from the whole story. And then I decided to keep it very open and very general by saying it's in a village mm-hmm. somewhere on this planet. This happened. And I even didn't mention the word mine in the story. I said that the little kids, they went out to play and they mm-hmm. never come back. But I, I highlighted this idea of there was an explosion or a very kind of, a, um, yeah, it's a very indirect kind of a message. And so when I read it for a little children's, like they can do the interpretation completely different than when I read it for adults, than when I read it for middle and high school students. And so this is how I'm making my writing more accessible and more conceptual. Wow. When you're talking about this, all I can hear about is the various perspectives that students are going to be able to get from this one story and about how everybody's bringing in their own story to a different Mm. place and being able to reflect and think of and identify things that are different for them. 
within this one story. What a powerful story. And having used some of your books in my classroom in Kuwait, I do mm-hmm. highly recommend them. They are absolutely stunningly beautiful and a very transdisciplinary lens for sure. Very true. And then even if you don't work, if you don't want to work on the text, you can work on the illustration because the, the illustrator also, they have done an excellent job. Yes. Yeah, they were very beautiful. Have you came across challenges? You know, you've talked about your illustrators and your training and consulting and everything. Have you came across any challenges that you want to highlight today? And maybe a way that you've... Because I do it by myself, sometimes I get bored very easily. And you know that the writing process, it's like ongoing revision and checking and then checking and ongoing. And then I say to myself like, oh no, take it and do, do, do anything you want with the font, with the size, with the with the background. I just got the idea. So I want someone else to finalize the process. And then suddenly I discover that, no, Ali, you were supposed to check every single detail. But, but again, <laughs> this is the challenging part. And you know, sometimes I don't know if it's true, but then creative people, they like to move on fast. And, oh, very uh, much so. Yeah, you see? So, uh, so this might be a kind of a, a challenge. I need maybe to refocus. <laughs> and then when I go into a kind of a project like that, writing, to say to myself, Ali, this is the process. And then enjoy also the process. You cannot just enjoy the, the idea or the final product. You need also to enjoy these steps. And then again, this is also an idea to be taken to the classroom that the process is also important mm-hmm. when we are teaching Absolutely. any idea or where we are when we are exploring any idea. So instead of just uh, launching the idea and then go directly to the final product, let's teach ourselves and our students that the journey. Absolutely. And again, like what a great example of showing your students and modeling process over product. You know, it's right. it's one way of being highlighting that it is about the process when you're doing it yourself. I want to add one thing, Levy, when we are talking about modeling for the student and showing the process, when I used to teach in grade four, I showed my journal to my students and I showed my portfolio to my students. And then I asked them, why do we need that journal? Why do we need a portfolio? And this was at the beginning of the year, like, you know, the first week when you introduce yourself, you get to know them, you create some essential agreement. And so, and then they said, ah, like, uh, Monsieur Ali, because it was in French, like your portfolio looks very interesting and you've done so many things. And then I said, yeah, you can also do the same because when you keep this portfolio and you put your reflection, you will be able to see how you changed and how you progressed throughout the year. And so these are powerful messages for all the people who are listening to us and they would like some ideas to be taken in the classroom. Now, in, in the during the author visits, uh, when the students ask me about all this writing process, I just tell them, I put it on my mobile phone. So I don't use a lot of the pen and the paper. And yeah. when I have an idea, I open the notes and then I put the idea on my mobile phone and then I take it further to finalize it. So you see, because this also shows how we change and how we are changing and the impact of technology around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And because of COVID, I honestly do not know how I would have done my job without technology. Right. No, that's very profound. So Ali, you've got lots of things going on, obviously. You're everywhere. I'm in multiple Facebook groups with you. I see you on Twitter. I see you on LinkedIn. You've got these wonderful webinars. What are you excited about for the future? Do you have a vision for the future for yourself? What should we be looking out for? 
So you see, uh, I always believe that things happen at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I was discussing this whole idea of starting asynchronous workshop on my website. And it was delayed, delayed, delayed till COVID started. <laughs> and so when COVID started, we, let's say I was forced to go and to update the website and to have like asynchronous courses yeah. accessible at any moment, any time, any device. Uh, and then I said, like, I believe in networking. And this is a kind of uh, one pillar of my daily life and my daily vision regarding education. And I said, okay, I'm going to start inviting people from all over the world. I have plenty of connection and I want these people uh, to speak and to share. And so to put these and to make them available for anyone on the YouTube channel. And so when during COVID, during the six months lockdown where we were not able to move or even travel, I was doing it three times a week uh, in French, in English, in Arabic. But then once the life started opening again and I had some work here in Dubai or outside Dubai, I said, okay, I'm not going to stop this. I'm going to regroup all the webinars in mm -hmm. one day and then I will create a thematic day. So this is ongoing. It's happening. So in October, I'm going to announce that we have the assessment day. So even if the people are listening after October, they can go to the recording and find these webinars. So I'm wow. inviting different speakers. Yeah, I'm inviting different speakers to talk about assessment and share their perspective. In November, we will be working on ATL, Approaches to Learning or 21st Century Skills. And hopefully, I would like to finish the year with the well-being. Mm -hmm. And then I will plan for the new events for 2022. I'm getting a lot of feedback from educators and coordinators that Ali, even if we're not attending live, we are using these webinars for uh, PD, internal PD, some asynchronous tasks for the teachers. And that's why I'm enjoying doing it, spreading the passion. Uh, I have an idea for a new book for 2022. I love uh, the wordless book. So it will be mm -hmm. a kind of a uh, uh, wordless book. And uh, if all my illustrators accept on working on it, it will be also a very interesting kind of uh, a final product. I can give you an idea. So my plan is to collaborate with the seven illustrators that they mm -hmm. did all my previous book. And then each one of them will illustrate a page of the book. Oh, wow. That's really yeah. cool. <laughs> so this is a kind of a scoop for, for, for you. I, uh, I continue with all these kind of uh, workshops, collaboration with educators from all over the planet. So. That is really exciting stuff. And I'm looking forward to seeing your work on your webinar and such. Being as connected and as a learner as you are, what advice do you have for our listeners for this academic year or next academic year with all of your experience? So I would just uh, sum it up with one word, like be a learner. And mm -hmm. so uh, this academic year, we said that we need to model for our students everything we do. And because we, we want them to be lifelong learners, we need to learn something new. Go and learn how to swim or go and learn how to bake or cook. Go and learn a new language, especially if you teach additional language. And so share this with your students and tell them you are learning something new because once they see your passion and once they see that even at age of 30, 40, 50, we continue learning, you are uh, planting the seed and mm -hmm. you are uh, allowing them to see that learning never stops.
Absolutely. And I'm sitting here nodding my head because when I let my students in on what I was learning, you know, I just recently got a puppy and I was learning Mm -hmm. how to train him and how to be the best dog dad as I could be. And they were like, oh, and so I would show them all these links I was looking at. I showed them the books and the articles and they're like, oh, wow. So it doesn't have to be math. (laughs) And I was like, no, it doesn't have to be math at all. I always start these inquiries about the cat because we finally decided to have a cat. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of families and people out there were finally able to get an animal because of all of the at-home time we were under and such. So, Ali, as we wrap up this wonderful conversation with you, where can people find you if they want to connect with you? So let them make sure they spell my name correctly. Absolutely. I will make sure <laughs> so, that it's spelled because, correctly. Because, you know, these uh, are, are very important. I We will have our uh, uh, links for the yeah. link tree where they can find everything, my books, my Twitter, my LinkedIn, my Facebook. Let's say I'm mostly active on Facebook and LinkedIn. Those are the top two. And then the YouTube channel. Uh, and then the other social media, I'm also available, but uh, more quiet. You know, I, I I don't know how people, they can be on all of them. Oh, so absolutely. my top priorities are Facebook, my Facebook page felt like I put my name with like the 2Z, the 2D, very kind of symmetric. <laughs> and then, yeah, the YouTube channel. Awesome. Thank you so much. And Ali, we ask all guests here at Recess Duty, what do you remember from Recess growing up? I remember uh, I used to go to a private school and uh, we used to have a big wheel, you know, an empty big wheel. And it was a kind of a game and a game for adults. And then this wheel moves. So if you go inside the wheel, you need to just like continue moving. Otherwise, you will fall down. And then this wheel during my whole education was all the time locked and plugged. And so I never had the chance to play in it. It was just like a kind of a a piece of uh, the car in the the playground. (laughs) And (laughs) maybe if I go back to the school, I would ask them to open it so we can can explore it. And then we can learn how to balance ourselves or how to develop some interesting skills. I'm sure maybe they were afraid because we will fall down or we will hit ourselves. But (laughs) this is a kind of a memory from my recess time. Thank you, Ollie, for joining us. Uh, It's much appreciated. It's always a good time. Be sure to follow us in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our next episode. I'm Levi Allison, and have a great day of learning, everyone. Thank you for listening to Recess Duty. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, please share this podcast with other educators so they can join the fun. And that is the end of our recess duty.